You are listening to the Revive the World Ministries podcast. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.org or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Jesus. Happy New Year. Saw some of you on yesterday. Saw some of you yesterday. Does anybody uh, regret fasting yet? I know we're only 24 hours into it. (laughs) Sometimes that first night you're like, why am I doing this? (laughs) This is inhumane. (laughs) Why would I think of doing this to myself? I always feel, I, I get past usually the first few, first night or so, and, and I get just like spiritually high, and I feel more energy than I've ever felt before, and, and then I question myself and ask why I don't do this more often. <laughs> so fasting is, is one of the keys to all the breakthrough that I've, I literally all the breakthrough that I've seen, fasting and prayer. And fasting has been a catalyst to a lot of the, my prayer because <laughs> you're, in te- you're more intentional, or at least, you know, supposed to be. <laughs> um, but those days when I was working uh, construction, it was, I used to think, man, am I going to fast and do this job? And then I read stories about people that fasted. I got a friend that was a tree business, and he, I don't know how many times he's fasted, at least three or four times, 40 days. Juice and water. And then I met a guy in Pakistan that had went. He said, I want to go, I wanted to go 30 days. Pastor, he'd been pastoring 20 years in, in Pakistan. Pastor BM. I don't know if I I showed you a picture of him if you were here. Been doing ministry 30 years. He's got like 21 churches in Pakistan. He lived through some of the craziest times that there ever have been in, in Karachi and he said, I fasted 30 days one time, and then I just, and I felt so good, I figured I'd fast another 30. And I felt so good, I figured I'd fast 30 more. It went 120 days. Juice and water. I thought, boy, you wouldn't even be able to see me. A light wind would take me away. <laughs> I have to I'd put some boots on just to walk outside. It'd be... <laughs> I get I get skinny pretty fast and, and some people don't don't like me for it. But um it ain't my fault. It's just my body type. I can't do nothing about it, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us on this fast. Thanks for joining us on family day, as you see. Kids are in here, so we, we, we like the first Sunday's family family Sunday. And um as you can tell, I'm gonna do the three three chair model, but I'm gonna do a different teaching. And use the example. I just want, I, I felt like we were supposed to start the year off like this, and I just really want this to stick in your mind. <laughs> I want to be right in the forefront. I feel like Jesus wants it in the forefront of my mind. And I'm going to pray and then share, I'm going to share a word I feel like Jesus has for us as a, as a family. It may be a corporate word for the, for the body of Christ. I'm not always sure about that. But, um, and then I'm going to 
address something that I usually usually stay away from, and then I'll teach. But uh, I'm going to do all that in a, in a relative short amount of time because it is first, first Sunday. Um, but Father, we, we thank you. Just thanks for everything that you've already done. I know that we've, we've prayed a lot and we've worshipped and we've taken communion. Um, but I thank you that there's, there's never too much. <laughs> can never do it too much. And so we thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming in these next few moments in whatever way that you want to. We thank you for unifying us even today, even more, solidifying us with you and with one another. As the first church was, unified, unified believers, serving one God with, with one purpose, one heartbeat. Yeah, we thank you. We thank you for you, Spirit of Revelation, coming today. And helping shift our minds in whatever way that, that we need it. In Jesus' name. <clears throat> so I felt like Jesus was saying that, that 2022 was a year that we were going to fully give him our minds. And I felt like he said, you've given me your hearts. Now I need you to give me all of your minds. And I felt like that there's a grace to be able to give the rest of our, our mind to him. Because the revelation of rest that he is releasing is only going to be able to be implemented through complete surrender of our minds. And I felt like he's saying even now that living from rest is everything that I made you for. So remember that it's not supposed to be complicated. And remember that I've given you everything that you need for it. And remember that this rest is something that you will, you will live from. And giving me your mind is something that you will be able to do. Because you have everything you need to be able to do it. Because he set us up for, he set us up for success. And we felt like the empowerment of heaven is coming today to be able to cause us to go over the, I feel like this, several of us are just on the tipping point of, of being able to fully surrender the rest of our minds, that it's like there's been parts of it that we have surrendered, and just that, like that one more, you know, they say the straw that, that broke the camel's back figuratively, it was just like that one more grain of sand in the, in the other side of, on the, you know, on the triple beam that causes it to to tip over. I felt like it's one of those moments for several of us to be able to fully give him our minds. And, and in that is living out of the fullness of, of love. Because living from rest is to live from, from love. So Jesus, we thank you for giving us the grace to do this. Uh, we thank you for the full surrender. I thank you that I'm in a room full of people and people that are watching this online that desire to surrender their minds to you because they know how important it is. We know how important it is to operate out of everything that you already paid for us. In Jesus' name. Thanks, Lord. Yeah. So I'm really excited about 2022 to see what's, what's going to happen. I really do. I know, I know last year was two days ago. I, I know that sometimes we make a bigger deal out of, of the calendar changing than maybe we should. But I also believe that there's, some, that there's new beginnings that happen. 
And for some of us, it isn't like we change seasons. Like we're still in the same season that we were in. But there's a new opportunity for us because God implemented calendar years. Like he, he did it. He implemented times and seasons. And he exists outside of time, but he implemented them for a reason for us to live inside of them. Though we can operate as though we're not confined by them. And so there's, there's something about their grace that's being released for a new year to be able to do something new. It's not a New Year's resolution. I'm not big on those. Um, and the reason is, is because they're usually met with one thing, and it's discipline. And discipline without mind renewal will never accomplish what we desire. <laughs> I remember Wendy Backlund talking about how she was getting, she had tried to diet several times, and it never worked. And she said, you know what? She found out that Jesus told her, your beliefs aren't right. You need to get your beliefs right before you try to diet. So she took three months, got her beliefs right about dieting, and then dieted. And guess what? It's worked, and it's worked for years and years and years. Because the body will follow what the mind's been renewed to. Huh? <clears throat> so as much as I want to continue on in that vein, I have one thing that I want to quickly address. And it's the unspoken topic that I, I don't get caught up in anything political. Um, I feel like God's given me a grace to do it, and I feel like it helps me to stay centered where, where he wants me to. And I do some things in my personal life that help me to, to, to stay there, and the things I feel like he's told me to do, and I won't go into all that for time's sake. Um, so, First Peter two seventeen, Peter said, "Honor, honor all people." He said, uh, "Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king." You know, I I, I noticed you might have too that the king would have fell under all people. <laughs> all people is pretty inclusive. <laughs> There's no mystery to what the word all means in the Greek. It means all. <laughs> if you're a theologian, you figured that out. If you like to look words up. But Peter specifically addressed something that in their day and time is still, is still relevant to our day and time. Is that honor is the highway by which the kingdom flows. And that if it doesn't flow through, if, if it's not in the foundation of love and honor, then it's, then it's not kingdom. When we've left the topic of honor, we've left the topic of kingdom. And we're king's kids, and we belong to the kingdom. And we can choose whether or not we operate within kingdom principles or not. And it doesn't cause us to not be saved. You're still just as saved as you were. It just means that you're not benefiting from the kingdom. There's, there's principles within the kingdom. It says in, in, in Ephesians 6, honor your parents that you may live long on the earth and be prosperous. He's not like suggesting it. He's saying this is a kingdom principle. Live by it so that you may benefit from it. It's not, he never tells us something to do that he doesn't give us the grace to do. And he also doesn't, he's always pointing us towards our new nature. It's in our nature to honor. I actually have to step outside of my new nature into my dead, dead self, the one that's crucified with Christ, 
I literally have to pick that dead carcass back up and operate from that mindset to dishonor someone, regardless of the way that they, they treat people, regardless of their belief system, or regardless of what political party they're a part of. <laughs> As Christians, I don't believe, I personally am not a political, I'm not one or the other. I'm not siding with the political party. I side with Jesus. Because he's the only one that saves. Only name under heaven by which we must be saved. And so our responsibility still, a couple thousand years later, is to honor. Is to honor the person that's in the White House. Right? To honor whoever it is, regardless of our thoughts and our feelings. So, with that said, there was a statement put out by the White House about, about the new COVID strain, right? You, seen the, you, saw the, you saw the statement? Some of you did? So there was a, a statement that was put out, and, and um, I'm just, I wanted to, uh, want you to know I'm addressing this in the context of honor. And there was, so this is, this is the, the problem that, that I have is that what's happening right now in, in the church, within the United States, with, with specifically, I'm just talking about our country, I know it's happening around the world, what's happening right now in our, our nation is that it's being threatened again to be splintered, to be split, to be divided. And, and, it, and, and the COVID vaccine, and this whole COVID situation, has tried to pin people against people. I know it's a sensitive topic. I, I just don't care. It, because of this reason, is because I I don't I, I don't care if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. That doesn't matter to me. That that but therein lies the problem. You do whatever is faith to you. You work out your own faith, your own salvation with fear and trembling, your own salvation, <laughs> no one else's, unless it's within your household. And you are helping men make choices because they're not of age to make them. And you give them advice if they ask for it. <laughs> Unsolicited advice is not something that most people welcome. It's something that I try really hard not to do. No unsolicited advice. Because I can be just as opinionated as the next person. <clears throat> so they put out a statement that said, if you're not vaccinated, you're in trouble. Basically, you're gonna, it's going to be harmful to your health. Let me tell you one thing we don't do. We don't do fear. I, I don't do fear. I don't stand for fear. <clears throat> and so regardless of what they think, and they're going by medical science, and, and I don't believe that anything's intentional, okay? I just don't go there. But I'll tell you that we believe here in this house that, that fear is not going to overtake us. And regardless of the disease or regardless of the flu strand or regardless of, of COVID, we're not going to lose anybody here. Nobody's dying this winter because they're unvaccinated or vaccinated. That's what I'm declaring over us. And then we're not going to surrender to fear because perfect love drives out fear. But one more thing that I don't want us to, to allow to happen is to allow this to divide us from other believers and other people because it's already doing it. Pay attention to how much this actual, this topic comes up in your conversations. 
on a daily basis. I have somebody every single day for the last two years that has almost every single day the last two years has brought this up, this topic of COVID. It's doing exactly what the enemy would like it to do. He wants it in the forefront of our minds so that we're thinking about it, so that we're more conscious of, because whatever I'm conscious of is going to be the thing that gets my attention, right? And so regardless what somebody's choice is, we can't let, Jesus said in, in Mark, I think it was in Mark chapter 8, when, when the, the disciples are getting in the boat and they forgot bread, all right? And he says, beware of the leaven of, heresy, of, the, of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. Beware of the religious system and of the political system. The religious spirit and of the political spirit. Two most prominent, prominent spirits in our country. Actually, two most prominent spirits in the whole world. So it's caused wars for thousands of years in the Middle East. More the religious than the political. But still, I believe they operate one and the same. And Jesus was warning them, a warning that we have for us today. If you let a little leaven, leavens the whole lump. If you let a little bit get in, guess what? It's going to spread. So if we let this divide us from one or two people or a few people, then it will continue to grow in division. And it's just the opposite of what Jesus desires, which is kingdom unity. One thing that this fast is really going to do for us, it's really going to unify us. People that fast and pray together, they come, they come closer with the Holy Spirit and with one another. And so this is, this is what the statement that I'm making, is that I'll... I'm not going to allow that to divide me from people. And as King's kids, we're not supposed to allow it to divide us from anyone. Now, I know that people have a choice in how they act, but I'm in full control of me. <laughs> and how they act or how they react or what they say, it's not going to be dependent on how I respond to the Father. Kingdom operates through faith, working through love, on a highway of honor. And so we can still honor people regardless of their choice or regardless of how if they've given in to fear. If somebody's given in to fear around us and they're scared and because of it they're angry, fear comes out in multiple different ways. Guess what our responsibility is to do? We release perfect love. Because they weren't created. The human body, we as humans, were not created to be afraid. We weren't. Weren't created to be stressed either, which is a form of fear. That's why it's the number one, one of the number one killers there are. We weren't made to, to live afraid. And so our responsibility as life and light and love to the world is to bring freedom to those that are afraid and pull those closer that have differences. I understand if people are just mean and ugly, and I'm not telling you to put somebody in your inner circle that's unhealthy. I'm not telling you to do any of that. Still have relational boundaries and all that. But we can choose to keep our love on under these circumstances because this thing is going to continue to try to divide our nation. And I kept silent for a long time, and I felt like Jesus said, it's time. Time to fight for your nation. And I said, how do we fight for our nation? He said, pray and be an example. Pray and be an example. So that's what we get to do. I'm not going to give in to I don't care if it's the majority. I'm not going to give in to it. Because you and I have given our lives for the one thing that's worth giving our lives for. Jesus. All right?
And so I'm not going to let that political spirit or religious spirit come in and, 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 and take over. It's not happening. That's why we have been targeting religion specifically, even in our own thinking. I'm not saying that I don't have some religious things in my thinking still. I'm telling you, religious spirit's not driving the agenda, though, anymore. I know that. <laughs> we specifically target it to get it to the surface so that we can get it out because we're all subject to it and that's okay that's why we need people around us we're better together we're, we're unified as a family for a reason because you see my blind spots and I see yours that's what relationship is about loving each other empowering each other when somebody asks for feedback hey how are you experiencing me what do you see that I don't see so th those are questions that we should ask on a fairly regular basis then they can tell us. Or if they're real close to us and, and, the, and they love us like close friends should, probably going to tell us without asking. That's what I hope for. I really do. Because when you care about somebody, you'll bring something to their attention because you care about them. Not because you're trying to prove a point or, you know, any of that stuff. So Jesus warned the disciples and he gave them a key. This is a lot longer than I intended it to be. He gave them a key. I still believe I can do this in about 15 minutes. <clears throat> and this is the same key that we have today. It's to remember, remember the things that he has already done. Regardless of the world's climate or what's going on right now, I remember the testimony of his goodness. And ultimately, ultimately I remember what he already accomplished. His finished work at the cross. And that everything that, he, that I could ever need in this lifetime, I already have. We talked about this song on Wednesday night called Take a Drink by Ray, Ray Nugent. No relation to Ted. <laughs> and, he, and he says in the song, before I do anything for you, I will remember what you've done for me. Before I do anything for you, I will let you come and love on me. Because in remembering what he's done for me, I realize that I'm worth his love and that I can't do anything without it. I can't give it away if I'm not receiving it. And so I need to receive. <clears throat> this makes sense? Everybody good? Okay. <laughs> I, believe this is ha I believe this is happening. I believe this is happening world worldwide with believers. That we will be the ones like we were created to be the church, the bride of Christ, will be the ones that the world will look to and, and say, that, that's what it looks like to be unified. That's what it looks like to stay in relationship regardless of your differences. It's happening with believers everywhere. It is. And we, it's beautiful. We get to be a part of it. And so we get to be part of the, the solution. Amen? So, what are we going to do? We're going to focus on unity. Put aside our differences and our opinions about what works, what isn't, who's vaccinated, who's unvaccinated, what you believe. I don't, we don't even need that. Any, I don't even bring it up. And talk, uh, I, I've had people outright ask, and I'm like, man, just don't, just don't. You know what I mean? It's not because you can't ask me questions. It, it's because I know if you're asking me, you're asking other people. And if you're asking other people, all you, it's a hot button topic. 
It's, it's like you know, it's like coming to family dinner with a bunch of people you don't, bunch of people you don't hang out with, and you're like, let's let's bring up religion and, and politics. <laughs> That'll make for a good night. <laughs> We'll have a lot of fun. We'll skip the white elephant. Let's just talk about politics. That'll bring us together. (laughs) People are not going to stop being opinionated or having one side or the other. It's going to have to be us that makes the choice that says, I'm not going to let that, I'm not going to give in to that thing. I'm not going to let it rule my life. My gosh, it's been two years already, right, of this. I know it's not going away, but I sure want it to go away from the forefront of my mind. <laughs> Some of you that work in the medical field, I know you're just faced with it all the time. And so, though, if you're faced with it all the time, you have to, you have to focus even more on, on, on your beliefs. Good thing we got a best friend that helps us with that, Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to read, uh, before I keep on going, I'm going to read a passage out of Mark chapter 4. And then I'm going to use these chairs quickly as an example. Mark chapter 4 verse 35. I'm going to read out the New King James. I was going to ask you who likes this example, but I don't want you to raise your hand for that or or not raise your hand because then I thought, man, I'd better not ask a question I don't really want to know the answer to. But just, just as a quick reminder, chair number one, believer. By believer, I mean follower of Jesus, given their life to Jesus, said a prayer, got saved, been hopefully born again. Chair number one. Chair number two, same. Chair number three, lost, does not know Jesus. Altogether, we have, I'm going to give you rough, rough estimates, we have about 8 billion people in the world. Around 3 billion people sit in one of these two chairs, saved. Call them Christians. Whether it's in lifestyle or name, either one, there's about 3 billion people that are claiming to be Christians. That leaves, just some easy math, leaves about 5 billion people in this chair right here, lost. With their destiny not being so bright, right? About 2 billion of those people are Muslims. And the majority of the lost people live in the 1040 window, 10 degree north, 10 degree, 40 degree north. Uh, And there's 60, roughly 60% of those people that are unreached by the gospel. You'd think by now that there'd be a lot more people reached. And there's been a lot of people reached, but there's still more more work to do. So I'm going to get rid of this chair because we're not, just remember that there's lots of lost people out there, right? There's lots of people that need to know Jesus loves them. Pakistan's in that 1040 window. A lot of the Middle East is, Asia, part of Africa. You can look it up and you'll actually see, uh, see that on the map. So, Mark chapter 4, verse 35, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, talking about Jesus, let us cross over to the other side. (laughs) Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were with him also. And a great windstorm arose, and waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. 
And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? <laughs> I love whoever added perish when they translated it to perishing. I'm sure that, I don't know if they used that word, but I just think it's funny. Uh, then, let me, I'll go back to that in just a second. Let me finish the, the rest of the verses. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the seas obey him? <laughs> so picture this. They are literally in a boat, right? Not a parable. They're in a boat, and Jesus says to them, pay attention to what Jesus says. He says, we're going to the other side. And Jesus goes to sleep because he's tired, and that's what you should do when you're tired. You go to sleep. And Jesus is resting, and then this storm happens all around them, literal storm, and the wind and the waves are so now now remember that these are fishermen the, the majority of these guys are fishermen that are in this boat they have experienced wind and waves before this is not unfamiliar to them they have experienced storms before they have been fishing all night before they know what it's like to go into a storm and come out of it but this storm must have been so bad that even those that were professional fishermen that did it for a living actually believed that they were going to perish, die. <laughs> I thought it'd just be fun to use the word. They are so afraid that they go back to the boat, the, the stern where Jesus is asleep, and they are freaking out. Like you can read over this and just grace. You're like, why? Jesus, why you sleep? Hey, getting ready to die. It was not like that. I know I wasn't there, but picture if you were in a boat and you thought that there was somebody in the boat that could do something about it and they were sleeping and, <laughs> and you are panicking. You have turbulence in a plane that was unexpected? <laughs> bad? You know, you're like, you're like, whew. <laughs> so bad that the, the air, you know, the oxygen comes down. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> if, you're, if you're ever on a small plane, it's worse. <laughs> you're like, oh, boy. <laughs> what they tell me to do again? <laughs> like I'm supposed to breathe into this thing. <clears throat> and so these guys are on, they, they've already hit the panic button. They're in complete freakout mode. There's, there's, no turning, there's no turning back from this type of freakout because the storm is that bad. I just want to put it in perspective. And so when they get back to Jesus, have you ever been somebody who encount, or, or encountered someone who is in full panic? Right? Level four, like it's, <laughs> it's on. Like there's nothing, there's no, there's no rational talking, there's no talking them down. There's no rationale. There's no common sense that's operating. None, none of it. It's just freak out. That's it. <laughs> the only thing that that person can think is whatever fear is telling them in that moment. You're going to die. I'm going to die. And that's what they're yelling at Jesus. This is what I picture. They're yelling at Jesus. They're, they're shaking him, waking him up. Jesus, why? 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 Why are you? Don't, why don't you even care that I'm getting ready to die? All right? 
So Jesus, that's always a fun way to wake up. And, <laughs> sometime we'll have to tell some sleep stories of Lindsay and I. <laughs> Lindsay and I. <laughs> I've never been woken up like that. I have been woken up a few times. <laughs> They're fun stories. Fun, funner after I get back, get go back to sleep, but <laughs> and then wake up and then laugh at them. <laughs> so Jesus wakes up to these these full grown, full grown men, full grown men. Regardless of what you think that means in 2022, full grown men that were men's men. The kind of dudes that you think chop wood, wear flannels, <laughs> chew tobacco, right? It's going to be a conversation, isn't it? <laughs> the dudes don't get, I don't, even, I don't even wear gloves when I chop wood out in the cold. If my fingers get so cold, I'll just snap them off. That's those kind of men. <laughs> but they've, they've lost all courage. In a moment, can I tell you that that is the desire of fear when it comes in is to cause us to lose all, all of our faithful thinking, the mind of Christ that we've been given to operate out of is cause it wants to run the narrative and that's what it's doing for these guys. And so this is, and so Jesus, when he wakes up, he wakes up just the way that he goes to sleep as a son. And if you remember, this is, this is what, this is the chair that Jesus is living out of. Chair number one. He's a chair number one son. That's because he's living from rest. And that's how he's able to wake up and rest is because he goes to sleep and rest. And in this situation, this circumstance, we see what it is to live from seated in heavenly places, Ephesians 2.6. We see what it is to actually live from a place of rest, so much so that circumstances, situations, storms do not dictate the way that we react. And Jesus does that. He doesn't talk about the storm. He just speaks to it. We don't see Jesus even give in to fear, even though you know fear is thick in that boat. You ever, have you ever been, fear surrounded you so much so that it was hard to breathe? Yeah, I've experienced it, especially in the, in the Middle East. Sometimes it's, it's so thick you feel like you can cut it with a knife. And you have an opportunity so thick that I felt sick, literally nauseous. You have an opportunity. Jesus has an opportunity to give in to fear. He has an opportunity to live from this. This is chair. Remember, chair number two believer, still saved. You see that this is a red chair? This chair is, if you guys were here when we had these chairs, these chairs are way less comfortable than these chairs. I promise you. You sit in a conference in one of these chairs, you'll remember the chair. It will not be your friend when the conference is over. <laughs> we're not friends with this chair. But these chairs were free. And so we like these chairs. I thank God for these chairs. But then after about six years, they had to go. <laughs> but that's what it is to be a chair number two 
believer, son or daughter, is that you, you, can't, you can't rest. You can't rest because you're, you're not being comforted by the comforter because you're on edge. And that's where the disciples were. They were in chair number two. In chair number two, fear dictates my choices. Fear's voice is louder than truth. My experience speaks louder than truth. Everything speaks louder than truth in this chair. Stress dictates the way that I live and the way that I respond to my kids, to my wife, to my friends. Love is completely cut off in this chair. I'm not saying it's not there. I'm not saying it's still not in my heart because according to Scripture, it's been poured out in my heart by the Holy Spirit, so it can't leave. But I've shut it down. Because he said that if I believe on him, out of my heart, out of my innermost being, will flow rivers of living water. But what, ha what happens when I move over to this chair, this is what I see happen, is that I dam up, just the AM, dam up the river. And I cut off the flow of what is supposed to not only feed me, but those that are around me. And Jesus gives us an example of what it is. He tells them, he says, why, why are you, why are you afraid? I thought, wow, what a question. Like, it's pretty obvious why they're afraid, Jesus. Like, it looked pretty bad. These dudes were convinced they were going to die. Jesus had already calmed the storm. I mean, he said, we, I mean they said, we are don't you know we're perishing? That means we're dying. It's over. This thing's getting ready to sink. Jesus had already got up, already calmed the storm. Do you know that my authority will only operate out of its fullness, out of this chair right here? Out of this chair, I pray lots of prayers. And I think lots of thoughts that think that the longer my prayer is, the louder my prayer is, the better articulated the prayer is. And this year, I think more is going to happen. And you know why? It's because faith isn't operating. But in this chair, faith is. <clears throat> and Jesus shows what it is to be faithful. You say, well, how, how do I have faith in those situations? <clears throat> this is what faith is to me. I know in Romans 12, it says that each one of us has been dealt a measure of faith. I also know later on, that's in verse 3, and later on in the chapter, it tells us to operate out of a proportion of faith that's been given to us. And he's talking about the gifts. But I direct you to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, that also says, For I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Faith in mine. He gave it to me. But guess what? He, he lives on the inside of me. Uh, what I mean by is it not, it's not something that I conjure up. It's actually the faithful one that lives on the inside of me. And so I have faith for every situation that I ever encounter. That may not be what I think, but my thinking is not a good indicator of what I carry. And in this chair, I remember that I don't have to have the most well-articulated prayer. I don't have to be the best at praying. I don't have to know the, the exact things to say or the declarations to make. I don't have to be incredibly prophetic or even, even great, greatly anointed. 
in this chair, I realize that the one I am one with is all of the things that I desire to be in those moments. Everything that everybody needs me to be in those moments, he already is, and we are one. But I only ever operate out of my oneness with Jesus. The reality of my oneness is when I am at rest. Remember what Hebrews 4 says. It says, he who has entered into the rest or the finished work of the cross, if I might say it that way, is the one who has ceased from their own works. Because in this chair, I'm striving. And that's why the disciples were afraid. This is what I propose to you. Is that the disciples were scared. When he said, why are you afraid? He was trying to point them to who they were in their identity. He wasn't trying, Jesus wasn't trying to make a, you know, it wasn't a cheap shot. Why are you guys afraid? I can't believe you. It wasn't a brow beating. It wasn't a shaming. Jesus doesn't play that game. It wasn't condemnation. This is what I hear him saying. What, what? Why are you in that? Why are you in that chair? Why are you seated on the ground? You're created to be seated in heavenly places. Why are you trying to make this happen in your strength? You're supposed to rely on the strength and power and might of the Holy Spirit. You've seen me do it. You've watched me. Why why are you afraid? You weren't made to be afraid. You weren't even created to give in to fear. Why is it that you have no faith why is it that you you don't believe yeah, this is what i hear when he says that it's because they're in this chair he's trying to get them to move as he is on a daily basis with each one of us getting us to move from chair number two to chair number one and live from this place of rest because it's the only thing we were made for remember that we can move from this chair to this chair in a tenth of a second but that means we can move back that fast and so if you see yourself in this chair, even right now in this moment, know that you can get up and get in this one. But he says, why do you, ha- why do you have no faith? Why is it that you, why is it, if, I think it's better said, why is it that you are not responding in faith when you have seen the miracles, when you have seen me come through, when you have watched the resurrection of the dead, when what you have seen the multiplication of food, when you've seen creative miracles, you've seen lepers cleansed, you've seen demons bow down before me in people in worship. <laughs> you've seen this stuff. So why is it that you don't why is it that you don't believe? And this is what Jesus points us to always. Not at what you can try harder to do, but how we can believe better. And in this chair, in chair number one, this is what I focus on. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Right? This is, this is, this, in this chair, I realize that my beliefs are the most important thing that I can focus on. Because we don't want to just believe in Jesus, we want to believe like Jesus, right? And so in in this chair, my mind renewal is my priority on a daily basis. And this is what I hear Jesus Jesus doing to them and and doing to us. 
Because if I'm still afraid and I still feel like I don't have faith for a situation, it's because of my beliefs or I'm allowing experiences to trump truth. And I will continually, I will continually toggle between this chair and this chair if my beliefs aren't my priority. If my beliefs are my priority, I will spend less time in this chair. It doesn't mean that I can't move back to it. It just means that I recognize it sooner and I come back to this place of rest where storms don't affect me. Where my first thought isn't what am I going to do about this. My first thought is, okay, what do I believe about this? <clears throat> I said two weeks ago that our behavior is not to be our, our main focus. My beliefs are. And this is why I say this. It doesn't mean that I'm, this is what I'm not saying. I'm not oblivious to my behavior. If I'm oblivious to my, oblivious to my behavior and I have bad behavior, it's a bummer and I hope somebody calls me on it. <sighs> it just means that I'm not self-aware, which means that I'm probably not very mature anyway. Right? And that's okay. I just need somebody to disciple me. We need discipleship. We need mentored. We need fathered and mothered in the Lord. We need that. This is not uh, like doing this. We weren't created to do this by ourselves. Let's just say that. We're better together. I need you. You need me. It's just how, it's just how God made it. You know why he made it that way? Because everything in the kingdom is about relationship. <laughs> And if I can do it outside relationship, then I figure I can do it all by myself and I can be the Lone Ranger. I can tell you lots of people, including me, that that did not work out well for. <laughs> it is not, it's, not what we're, it's not what we're made for. Even though I know it feels easier at times. It feels easier to shut people out. And so I don't focus on my behavior. I focus on my beliefs because when I focus on my beliefs, my behavior will follow. Because I am not going to continually make choices that my mind hasn't been renewed to. I may make a few good choices that my mind hasn't been renewed to, but it's not going to be a lifestyle. It's going to have to be me operating out of discipline. And discipline, though it is important, it is not something that causes me to live from rest. When I live from rest, my disciplines look different. When I live from striving and stress and fear, my disciplines of what I do, I think, are going to be the things that change me. When I live from rest, I realize that my transformation is in Him alone. And in my, in my deepening my relationship with Him and focusing on the way that He wants me to believe. Let me give you a quick indicator. Steve Backlund says this, and I agree 100%, is that I don't trust any thought in my, in my mind that doesn't have hope attached to it. I don't trust any thought in my mind that doesn't have hope attached to it. You know what I also don't trust is any theology or revelation that I carry that I believe comes from the Bible that doesn't have hope attached to it. <laughs> yes, even your end times eschatology. If it does not have hope attached to it, I seriously, I seriously doubt that it comes from what Romans 15, 13 says, now may the God of all hope. He's the God of all hope. All hope exists within him. <laughs> have you ever been super hopeful? Think of that 
a trillion times more hopeful. That I, I don't. That that's just starting to get near the ballpark of how hopeful the father is. <laughs> and so my thoughts, if I have, I am thinking with the mind of Christ, will have hope attached to them. And so this is, as I close this out, this is a great this is a great indicator of whether or not I'm living from rest. I had you guys, I think that this should be a continual list in the forefront of our minds because this is what happens. This is why I'm doing this more than once. This is what happens on Sunday, Sunday morning church. Whether we like it or not, we, we come, we listen to a message, and by Monday, most of it's gone. Right? Unless I listen to, it more, listen to it more than once, or if I take notes and go back and listen to my notes, or, or read my notes, I'm just listening to a message, and, and, and I'm, I'm hoping that I'm changed by it. Can I tell you that the kingdom just doesn't work like that? Am I saying that Jesus can't just zap you and change you? No, yeah, he absolutely can. He's God, he's, and he's really good at it, and he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> I just haven't seen it go down like that. He's saying, be responsible with what I've given you, all right? And so, therefore, I, I, I like to take this visual aid, and I, I keep it in my mind, and I begin to meditate on the things that he's saying he wants me to do in this season for my transformation. So what's he want you to do in 2022 for your mind renewal? Because what we're going into and what the body of Christ is going into as a whole, we can't take the same beliefs there. I'm not going to operate out of the same level of anointing and grace and miracles and signs and wonders and still have the same beliefs. Because though I may operate out of them from time to time, I can't stay there. Because my beliefs aren't good enough. It won't work. I've tried it. I've been there. Trust me. It's not sustainable. And so this is what I propose to you. If you're seeing those occasional things happen from time to time, you're seeing glimpses of his goodness in extravagant ways that you don't see all the time. I'd say he's giving you a foretaste of what he wants you to live from. But he's inviting us into better beliefs so that we don't, we don't crash and burn when we begin to operate out of that all the time. We don't get prideful or... Because there's a lot that comes with it. There's, a lot of, there's mental warfare that comes with it. And this is what he wants. He wants our beliefs to be, he wants us to be ready in our belief system. Does that make sense? He, he desires for all of us to operate out of the fullness of everything that he has for us. And how we're going to do it is by having better beliefs. So this is the only time that I'm in that, I'm in that category with the disciples. Why are you afraid? Stress too. Stress. Anybody in the room aware when they're stressed? You know it stems from fear. Right? It all comes from that, that area, from fear. I, I, have, I have him ask me, why are you, why you stressed? That's his way of saying, why are you afraid? And what, it's not like he's, let's get you to pinpoint exactly what's going on with your, your feelings right now. No, he's saying, what belief led you here? What belief got you back in this chair? You don't belong here. And he's just wooing me back into the other chair the way that he does in kindness and love and goodness. 
I'm not saying he can't be stern sometimes. Don't think he, don't think he won't do that. Because that's what good dads do. Hey, what are you doing in that chair? Come on. He do it with a smile on his face. But he's reminding us. He wants us quicker, quicker getting out of that chair into the next one. Why are you afraid? What are you believing? Why do you feel like you don't have faith? You're faithful because I live inside you. You got all the faith you could ever need for a lifetime. <laughs> Why are you looking for stuff externally to try to make things happen? You got everything in your inner world that you could ever need because you got me. Remember that as we go into this year, each one of us have the fullness of Christ resting inside of us. We are one with Jesus. Come on. Aaron was praying in the, in the prayer room and he was talking about how, how God's so full of glory and so full of wonder and so full of hope and so full of love and so full of all these things. And I was thinking, wow, that means so am I. Because <laughs> he's in there and I'm in him. We're one. And so we have access to everything. As it says in Galatians 4 in the Passion Translation, verse 7, it says we have full access to all that the Father has. He'll never Shut the door to the fridge on you. <laughs> He'll never say you're overeating from my stuff. Too much. <laughs> you, too much. Too much testimonies for you. Too much goodness. You're cut off. That's not who he is. He's good. He's faithful. He's loving. He's kind. He's generous. He's gentle. He's ferocious. It's dangerous. <laughs> He's a good dad. Right? He's a good father. He's a good father. Only dangerous to the works of the enemy. And those that mess with his kids. <laughs> and so what's your list starting this year of things that he wants you to start off with working on your beliefs? I prayed this prayer years ago, and it's still happening, and I believe it's going to continue to happen throughout my life. And I said, Lord, Holy Spirit, everything that I'm believing that's a lie, I ask that you would reveal it to me and the truth to replace it. And he's very kind and gentle because he didn't reveal a bunch of them at once to me and overwhelm me, which he could have because I believed a whole lot of lies then. And I know I still believe some, but there were a whole lot more eight years ago. <laughs> so I would not have very much hope. And that's how I knew. When I thought about a situation, I got into a situation that did not have hope. In my thinking, I thought I'm believing a lie. You can church it up and say it's a lesser truth. I'm just going to call it what it is. And I need to know the truth. What's the higher truth? So if you would stand with me so we get ready to pray. What's your list? Will this year, like Jesus asked us to, will we give him all of our mind? Will we focus on mind renewal at a whole new level that will cause our hope to go where he wants it to go so that we can reveal the God of hope to the world around us? That's what the world needs. The world needs hope. And they need it to come from the one who is the God of hope. Not some pseudo-hope. That real stuff that comes from King Jesus. He's got the only thing that's lasting. 
So Father, we thank you so much that we get the privilege of partnering with you this year. Living in honor of surrendering our... I even pray right now that each one of us, even in this moment, would fully surrender our minds to you. We put our minds on the altar, Lord, as an acceptable sacrifice. And pray that the fire of the Holy Spirit would come and refine our thinking. That our beliefs in 2022 would go higher than we've ever even imagined them going by partnering with you, Holy Spirit, that you'd help us to be conscious of those things that don't bring us hope, those things that still cause us to to be afraid, the things that still cause us to stress. You'd help us to get up out of that chair, out of chair number two and into chair number one, while focusing on renewing our minds with you. And I thank you for your perfect love coming even right now upon every person to destroy any remnants of fear, any attacks of fear. Pray that peace would come. And I pray that each one of us would allow you to carry the heavy burden. That your your yoke is light. And you're the one that wants to to lift off of us what feels like a heavy load that may even for some feel like it's crushing them. So I thank you for being our burden bearer. I thank you for setting us up for success. Thank you that you're teaching us to live from rest this year like never before. Thank you for your example, Jesus. Thank you for your example in that boat. We have access to that right there. Right now, we just surrender fears. Yeah, we just lay them down, those things that have been causing us to be afraid, some of the things we've been internalizing that we're not expressing with to people because we want to look spiritual to them or more mature, whatever it is. We just lay down those fears. We lay down those fears. We let you have them. We choose trust. We choose trust right now. Bless what you're doing, Jesus. Yeah, thank you. We choose trust. Yeah, thank you. That even as we go throughout the rest of this fast, that you are intensifying and expediting the process of mind renewal for everyone that chooses it. I thank you that it's going to be dangerous how much hope we have, (laughs) how much joy is with it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing right now. You're going to continue to do throughout this day throughout this coming week. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
I'll tell you, as you embrace this process, that one thing that's going to be really, really, really important is that you celebrate your progress. 90% of my focus is on where I'm growing. 10% is where I still need to grow in my beliefs. Because if I focus the other way around, I'm going to feel like a huge failure, failure and it's not true. You're growing. And so celebrate your success. Give yourself grace in this process. Right? Give yourself grace and partner with somebody to allow them to help you and you help them through it. Oh, we got the prayer team come. If you guys want to, you guys need prayer, you need physical healing, you need prayer for anything else, we got people that want to pray with you. We're real grateful for you spend in the beginning of your, your year with us. I believe it's, I really do believe this. It's not just a cliche thing. I believe it's going to be our best year yet personally and, and as a family because God only goes from glory to glory. There's only increase in his kingdom. So I bless you guys in this process. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.org.